I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 6 and preview of round 7. This episode is brought to you by... Wait, there's something in my headset. There's There's been an error? Uh, no, what? Uh, it, it looks like Mike's going over to the screen now. And yes, the ruling on the field has been overturned. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, as they were saying, this episode is brought to you by VAR. No, no, uh, actually uh, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. After further review, I'm still your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, and tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. We were also going to have our good buddy Tim on tonight, but he had an intense business meeting come up with his COO and CFO of his company. So we wish him a lot of luck, man. So good luck. Uh, how are the rest of you guys tonight? Hello there. Hi, doing well. Good, good. Well, guys, uh, a fun round, I think, in, uh, in round six last week. Uh, definitely uh, some interesting results, and I'm really excited to talk about those in just a few minutes. But first, let's talk about how your teams did, Mike. Uh, pretty good. I uh, ended up with a 98. <clears throat> Won both uh, my head heads and one of them was pretty close. So I was really happy about that. Um, main thing was I, I got the big thing of the week, right? Which is I captain Almiron, uh, mm -hmm. got that 40 points, which was sweet. Uh, also had a bunch of New England players uh, on my bench for Otteroos, including Turner and Anibaba, um, which added that I'm um, netting me 18 points. Uh, got lucky with Vincent's uh, getting a clean sheet for Chicago. Uh, rest of the picks were kind of so-so. I mean, Kleshin had that uh, lucky um, goal towards the end to kind of save his uh, game with 10. Whiffed on Miram and, and Rusnak, really, and Vela. Um, Martinez had a goal. But, I mean, if you got the 40-point captain pick right, you, I think he generally did okay this week. So 98 moved back up to, like, 130 overall week rank, 426. And a uh, good thing is my value kept going up. Uh, we, we were talking before the show. I had, like – three million on the in the bank this week that i just didn't know what to do with and now i'm up to like 118.3 so uh pretty well situated uh going into the first double game week of the year awesome blaine yeah better week than has been 82 points i did captain almiron thankfully um whiffed on vea got dwyer and kamara on the attack so it wasn't bad went with a little bit of a differential and i missed the Montreal lineup so I was with Bush instead of Turner but he still got me six in a 4-0 loss with that PK save really saved my my week but I got stuck with Piatti in the lineup so that was just money I couldn't use and I would have gone a completely 180 on that and dropped all my Montreal players had I been able to see that one so 82 points this week and moving up in the ranking in the overall rankings again so I'll, I'll take it with everything considered I also had a great round. Uh, the Almiron captain was definitely essential, Mike, and I think everyone who went with a keeperoo with Turner also was uh, very pleased. I had three some extra million as well in my bank, and at one point I thought about upgrading Kamara. I was hoping Zlatan would start just so I would have the excuse to upgrade Kamara and use some of that money, but I ended up with 105 overall, uh, which really helped me in one of my head-to-heads this week. Um, gained through about three something million. So I think I'm at a little bit over 120, if not at 120 with my, my value 141 week rank 174 overall um, other players of note. I did have Somi on my bench and uh, then I had question and Ola Kamara in there, but I mean, really the player of note this week was Almiron though. I did get four points from, uh, from real over there at, at Philadelphia. Who's um 4.5 million was a bargain this week, I must say. Yeah, he but, had like a crazy score. I had a, my opponent in one of the head-to-head, -head, I think it was Phil who had him. I was like, 
man, he got eight points. They didn't have a clean sheet. <laughs> I know that's, he was he was just in the right place at the right time, getting some of that stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's what's been so interesting about the defenders this week, or not this week, but this whole whole season is not only looking at those average points to try to get a price rise, which is really what I was going for with him, and and he came through with that that five hundred thousand, uh, but. Um, looking at some of those players to get in good positions to earn those bonus points, like a lot of those, um, like Ico Parra a few weeks ago, whenever they were going up against DC, and DC just likes to come right down the middle, and that's where he was standing. So finding out the way these players are going has been an interesting strategy point. I think that's paying off more this year than some in the past. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the rest of these games. Uh, just like last week, I'll give you the rundown of my thoughts, and then Mike and Blaine can come in and, and chew me out for what I get wrong or or add in or for what I get right, if I get anything right. And let's kick it off with that New England-Montreal game because, yeah, that happened, uh, but I don't think there's a whole lot fantasy-wise from here that we didn't already know. We know that several of the New England players are great coming off the bench, great value-wise. Uh, Fagundes is one of those guys. Uh, Somi is good. Farrell got his first goal, so... Lots of guys right there who you can use on your bench to swap in with some of those trades. But I don't think this is surprising to us when Piatti is not even in the game and then Tider leaves after, what, the 14th minute with a red card. So um, I think it's just what you would expect from this very, very happily. But uh, this is just is what, what happened. So nothing nothing crazy about New England going on some huge run. Just, just keep that in perspective. Uh, moving on to Atlanta LAFC, holy cow! I was at I went to see a movie and missed part of this game, and I ended up rolling into an Applebee's before the movie, and the game was on every TV, and I was just amazed. The manager goes by and goes, "Why are we watching soccer?" And I turned around, looked at him, and said, "Why not?" And so <laughs> I got to keep the game on to see some of these goals, but not the two goals in ten minutes that happened. But I did see Gressel just being crazy. An eight point five mid is someone you should definitely keep an eye on. Um, with the other coverage at Atlanta, he might be hard to work in sometimes, but he's great off the bench. I think if you want to have him be another Otteru that comes on, I think the sub of Martinez right before all these PKs happen are really what helped Almiron because I don't think he would have gotten both of those PKs had Martinez been on there. So some mm-hmm. some good timing for that just for fantasy managers to keep in mind. Uh, otherwise, against tough defenses, I think we're starting to see that LAFC is just not gelling enough yet to be able to go that full 90 to hold them off. So watch out with some of these LAFC games, especially against some of those tougher defenders if you're looking at guys like Betashore or Simon. One thing I'll point out about LAFC is I thought was interesting is Atlanta pretty much sat back and LAFC had no answer for that. Like they were, I mean, LAFC had possession going forward. And they could do absolutely nothing with it. And it's the same thing that happened to Vancouver, and we'll talk about that. Um, I kind of feel like LAFC's been figured out a little bit. So we'll see if they have a plan B. Um, Otherwise, I think it could be really rough for them. And I thought they could get at least one. Uh, I I had Vela on my team with with LGP not in the game out with a red card. I thought that there may be a crack that could get exploited, but they were able to, to seal that up pretty well. Yep. Uh, Philly San Jose, nothing new for me for this game. A one-one draw. A little disappointed in Philly that they couldn't get something more going at home, but these things happen. San Jose's not a bad team, but uh, nothing crazy to draw from this game. Dallas Colorado, on the other hand, Diaz is looking good. He's getting the ball where it needs to be, but he's not hooking up with other people very well. So that's frustrating and something to consider. With Colorado, some of their players may need to be more of those auto switches coming off of your bench. Someone like Coleman, who's a six million forward, got a goal last week. Maybe building some connection, might be earning a start sometime. So keep an eye on him. Colorado, lots of great value there, especially this week. We're going to talk about some more of that later, but they're still maintaining a position, at least in my mind, fantasy wise, as some great switch options. Chicago Columbus. This was a rough game. I feel like just it, it could have been Columbus 2-1 in, in the right situation because they were they were hitting the ball off the woodwork, had lots of chances. So I don't think this is a game that should make us think, oh, no, Columbus is on a downward slide. I actually think this is more of a question mark for Chicago because I they, they're having a rough time, I think, with this rotation back and forth of Schweinsteiger to the midfield to the defense. I think it's it's hurting them, and uh, I'm, I'm a little – 
backing off on some Chicago options when they're at home until they figure that out, except for maybe Nico as as your forward option there. But they don't think this is any any game that needs to make you feel bad about Columbus and picking their players going forward. RSL Vancouver, Savarino and Silva, great budget options on the fantasy-wise, both playing in that advanced spot for RSL. I was, and you guys see if you agree, I was thought it was kind of strange to not see Rusnak with more points at home. Well, but that's when, when I mentioned about Vancouver. The reason Rusnak didn't get points at home is because RSL pretty much sat back and invited Vancouver to pressure him. And like we saw when Vancouver played LA Galaxy, I mean, it was a great strategy. Vancouver had absolutely no idea what to do. I mean, it was pretty much Davies lobbing in pointless crosses all night. Um, plus, I also think it kind of hurt. Plata was on the bench. Um, RSL had to burn two subs early for defenders, so Plotik never could get on to, for them to kind of get an offensive spark going forward. Um, so I'm not real too concerned about Rusnak. I think this was just a one-off against a team. That, you know, if you sit back, they're, they're not going to be able to do anything, and you, you get the goal and, and you win. So uh, I'm not too concerned about Rusnak, even though I was disappointed because I had him on my team. I'm more concerned about Vancouver going forward if teams realize, like, hey, if we just sit back, like they have absolutely no idea and we'll definitely get a point. That is, they they've kind of fallen into that. Let's just lob balls down the field and hope that Kamara can get his head on them and go for it right there. So, uh, if that's their strategy, you're right. It's it's easily countered, and it may uh, not be very wise, <laughs> fantasy wise, to invest in some of those players. But you never know in the right situations. I think that Breck Shea is someone that all fantasy managers need to have on their radar. Five point three defender. He's subbed on. Every game, every time he's featured, he's subbed on. And in six games, he's got three goals, all his subs. So this is a super sub, clearly, right here. And he's a guy that could be very sneaky in getting you points off your bench if you're doing one of those auto-roos or switcheroos. Uh, Orlando, Portland. I expected more from Merrim, but I feel like I'm just, I've always been this big Merrim cheerleader, and, and I always just want him to do well, even though when it doesn't happen. But what can you expect when you've got Kalushin and Yotun and Dwyer all there on the same field? Uh, points are going to be rotating around Orlando, I think, all season from a fantasy point of view. So watch that. But I feel like Kalushin and Dwyer are still your go tos. Probably Yotun is your third. For the Portland side, we talked up Blanco last week so it only makes sense that Valeri turned it on this week um and and I think we're going to see some more of that on Reddit people were asking us if we think it's time for Valeri to be featured on our teams uh, as he's getting his old form back I don't think this is 2017 Valeri I don't know if we're ever going to see 2017 Valeri again but uh he is after this game becoming much more favorable in my eyes as a kind of go-to midfielder for Portland and then finally the, the big game, L.A. versus Sporting Kansas City. Uh, L.A. took all the shots in this game. Not not really, but they had a bunch of shots. Um, but it was Sporting Kansas City who put them in, and they did it without Gutierrez. So um, troubling times for L.A. I don't know, maybe still trying to get some things figured out. But great news for Sporting Kansas City that they were able to hold that that defensive away clean sheet. The big fantasy takeaway for me from this game is Leggett came <coughs> on for Alessandrini. And so this could be an interesting rotation battle going forward um, with Zlatan in there and our Quattro Dos Santos brothers hanging around. There could be interesting midfield forward combinations that you may want to keep an eye on uh, with the lineups coming out for L.A. in the future. That's my wrap up. Uh, guys, what did I miss? Where do you want to add? Yeah, <clears throat> L.A. did not look bad against Sporting at all. Um, 22 shots. They really they peppered the goal. Melia came up huge on a couple of them. A lot of those shots were straight at him, though. He had 10 saves in the game. Record. And I think all the saves. Yeah, tied the club record, and that's his personal record now. Um, I think all but one or two of those shots were almost directly at him. Now, some a couple of those were knucklers that he just had to parry away and gave up some rebounds, and nobody was there to capitalize on him. Um, Biggest takeaway for L.A. that I noticed, though, is when Zlatan came on, he was a big spark, and Sporting was committing two and three guys to covering him. Didn't want him to open up on that left foot. Uh, word from the bench to the commentators came through that they had said, deny him service. So they were keying off on him, and I kind of noticed that the, the rest of the L.A. attack was ball-watching. They're like, he's going to come in and he's going to save us again. And if LA is going to keep doing that, they're going to struggle because he should have had at least two assists 
that were set up perfectly and really probably could have gotten them three goals in that last little bit with the way sporting was playing. Just nobody was running off the ball to give him service or give him targets to hit. So yeah, I, I definitely felt the sub there. for Alessandrini kind of messed them up. I mean, I, I know it's probably injury-related more than anything else, but um, I, I think Alessandrini and Zlatan is probably the matchup you, you want on the field because I think he can kind of get that service uh, and look for those chances a little bit better than, than Leggett can right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, L.A. was a very different team, kind of the same thing as last week once Zlatan came on. Um, they, they were kind of lifeless until he came on. It, it was almost kind of like, like the whole game. They were waiting for him to show up and get subbed on. Yeah, I know I, when they when he came on against LAFC, we did have Kamara and Boateng and Zlatan all on the field, but it was only for that limited time. Do you think that that's going to be a vicious attack if we get all three of those players? Those are Because those can be three dangerous players for LA uh, on the field at the one time. Is that going to give a defender, a defensive unit, uh, just a headache and trying to know if they have to commit three guys to Zlatan, Kamara and Boateng running around are going to field day. Yeah, there were quite a few good shots in the box against Kansas City. They were just either right at Melia or last or late blocks. There, the gaps were there. The players were when they could find the, the gaps were able to get dangerous shots off. It's just they weren't moving to those spots. I mean, there I kept watching. I was I was so nervous we were going to give up two right there at the end because I was seeing the gaps that they just needed to run to and they weren't hitting them. So if LA can figure that out, Boateng's strong enough to or fast enough to get to where he needs to go. Kamara's got the finesse to get the shots through that he needs to. Um, they just got to get open for the ball, and that's really the big problem I saw at the end of that game for LA. And, of course, the good news is Laton started at 10, went up four after his first game, lost 300000 during this last week, so he's back at 10.1, so a bit more affordable for people who may not have as high of a budget right now, but he's he's in he's in the right range. It's, it's that risk of having someone come off the bench. Yeah. You know, it's, if, if he whiffs, he, you're going to lose value. Right. Is that it? Nothing else to add? Did I, did I do better this week than last week for you guys? Uh, I mean, you did okay. I mean, we'll get into some of the more, more of the things you got wrong in our player picks. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I mean, the games generally, although I, I don't know if Portland fans will, will be happy unless like we demand like Dom Dwyer be kicked out of soccer permanently because he drew a penalty with Shana Like. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, those things happen, but I'm not going to look at. So we had that that penalty call in Portland. We had all sorts of crazy calls in LAFC versus Atlanta with with VAR jumping in. So. But I don't think those are some of the things that we can really anticipate fantasy-wise. So, yeah, maybe I'm not going to talk about some of the big talking points or some of the weird tackles or, or crazy <laughs> goals from, from the game. But I'm trying to keep it focused on that fantasy stuff. All right, let's let's keep it rolling then. All right, well, let's keep on going to our housekeeping. Teams on a bye this week. That would be nobody. Nobody's on the bye because this is our first double game week and is with New York City FC, Mike's team, and I'm sure he could be nothing but happy about that. But because it is a double game week, that means that games are going to start on Wednesday. That's right. You only have two days to get your team set. Unless you're listening to this on Tuesday, then you have one day to get your team set, and that is at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time, New York City FC versus Real Salt Lake. Be aware of that when you're making everything that you're doing to your team, a uh, get it set, making captains, very important. Get that stuff done by Wednesday. Patreon, thank you so much, everyone who continues to donate. Um, I've gotten some emails about buying glasses. Right now, I'm not set up to be able to sell stuff directly. I have to work out some sales tax issues and things like that. I, I do hope to do that at some point, um, but I'm trying to get everything worked out now for our shipping to get enough boxes to be able to ship and uh, make sure I have all the addresses and things sorted out. So going to get the, the sticker proof get off soon so we can get everything starting to move out the door to thank you so much for the donations that you make. Um, and thank you so much for continuing to support us. If you are interested in supporting the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast, if you like what we see, if you like the tips that we're giving you, if you like the banter between Mike and Blaine and myself from time to time, consider donating to us through Patreon. It's just a way that you can help us support this podcast and give back to the community. If you're interested in learning more, head over to Patreon 
patreon.com slash MLSFI. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash MLSFI. And now Mike's injury news. Well, we talked about uh, Piotti's injury. That was an undisclosed injury, um, but I don't think it's too serious. He should be back uh, for this coming week. Um, let's see. Uh, Titer obviously took a red card. He'll be suspended for the upcoming match. Uh, Marlon Harrison for Colorado, he's out two to three weeks, so he'll miss. Um, I'm assuming that includes last week, so he'll miss at least two weeks more. Uh, let's see. <coughs> uh, Cummings, uh, elbow, trusty, uh, below the belt just before the final whistle, so you may not have realized it, but San Jose's Cummings uh, did get a red card. They actually used VAR after the match, which is the fact that it was only like the fifth weirdest use of VAR this week is, is amazing, but um, he'll be suspended for the next match. Probably a little bit more um, too. Speaking of disciplinary suspensions that may or may not happen. Um, Clint Dempsey was we, after he, you know, he elbowed someone below the belt um, a few weeks ago. Uh, we were all expecting him to get a three game suspension. I have not seen that he got that as of right now. MLS is listing him as only one game suspension. So it's possible that he plays this week, but discipline has been, the disco has been kind of weird and kind of holding back decisions. So kind of keep an eye on that. If you're expecting, you know, uh, if you're trying to play Kansas city defenders or uh, Seattle offensive players, um, his status is kind of up in the air. And I kind of wanted some more clarity about that. Uh, let's see. RSL had um, two injuries, Marcelo Silva and uh, Phillips. They both left uh, before halftime uh, due to injury. Uh, no word on their status. Um, I, I would suspect that they would not be likely to play because, um, I mean, they're probably getting on the plane today to go to New York. So i um, guessing that they're probably out for this week's match. So they may be a little bit shorthanded against the Pigeons. Uh, let's see. Kevin Ellis for Chicago. Uh, he had to leave early due to a knock. Um, no word on his status. Uh, Liam Ridgewell, um, his absence in, for this week was apparently not due to a coach's uh, decision, but due to a injury picked up in training. Um, as I posted on Twitter, if if you buy that, I have some motion from property in Arizona I can sell you. Uh, let's see. And now probably the biggest news that y'all want to hear uh, for this coming week is Alex Ring trained today, David Villa trained today, and Patrick Vieira said um, two things. One, that everyone is good to go except for uh, Kwame Awua, and that he is not planning on rotating for either of the games. So he's planning on going uh, top A lineup for both. So that's the injury news. That's probably the most relevant. So uh, unless y'all heard anything else, that's what I got. I think that uh, the, sums it up pretty oh, blank. The only thing I may point out is Chris McCann was given a red card that was rescinded by VAR, but he came in hard, two-footed, studs exposed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Disco came back and hit him from Atlanta. Yeah, that, that would be an interesting one. I mean, that's a red card I disagreed with. I, I, I would I, – I mean, there's a higher bar if it's got reviewed, so I don't, I don't know if – we'll have to see. Yeah, I just throw that out there that it was I mean, a brutal should, tackle and I mean, they overturned it, but it looked yeah. bad. Yeah, with all the cr- criticism of VAR, I kind of wonder if they just won't like just suck it up and pretend it didn't happen, just to kind of make the controversy. <laughs> so we're going to have have the VAR to watch the refs, and so we're going to have the VVAR, the video VAR, to review the VAR <laughs> when it has situations like that. Is that what it's going to be? Something It'll like that. Just end up with like Don Garber in a. You know, <laughs> it's Don Garber in his office. Flips a coin. Uh, red card. All right. Let's. <laughs> what's your name? What's your name? And who do you play for? <laughs> what's his budget? Okay, he can do it again. Uh, all right. Well, thank you so much, Mike, for all of that. Uh, we don't have really Reddit questions this week because a lot of them related to what we hope will be in the preview, and we want to get through the preview since it's our first double game. We can give it the time that it deserves, which is still three minutes per team. But uh, there are a couple of things Zlatan-related that both Blaine and Mike wanted to wrap up before we move forward. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Reddit was very angry that I did not give enough recognition to Zlatan's goal. So so let me take the time right now to properly um, memorialize what an incredible occasion that was. Um, you know, I've been married. I've had children witness the birth of my children. Oh, no, I dropped out? <laughs> Wait, what, well, said, what well said, Mike Blaine. <laughs> yeah, I, I said most of it in my game recap, but... LA was 
while watching on Zlatan quite a bit. And that really did hurt the team. Siggy's going to have to get them focused in on that and playing with him instead of watching him to make magic happen. Otherwise, it's going to be a long season. I do see a starting role for him coming up sooner, and I actually think I saw today that he's requesting it now for the next game. He's tired of watching his teammates do other things and not winning games. Uh, Mike, are you back with us? Yeah, I never left. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> See, I was really hoping that that dropout was just part of your grand scheme to continue to troll the LA fans. No, I, I was I was rocking and rolling, talking about how it was the greatest moment of my life, watching you know LA score against an expansion team in a regular season game. No, we should leave it. <laughs> leave it. It's, it's, totally, it's totally staying in there. Uh, but I have to say, I have to say that was a great goal that that Zlatan scored. I don't think it beats Via's goal though when he did. The same thing last year, but I think from further out. Yeah, he did the same thing. It was kind of by accident, so it was, it was, it was better. <laughs> no, Zlatan's volley beats it. I mean, he took that full volley, and the way that arced up and back down was just beautiful. Mm, we'll see. We'll put that up to the internet. You guys, let us know. Which do you think is the better goal, Zlatan or El, or um, David Villa? I was going to try and think of who he was playing for. I guess, was that was that against Philly that he did that? Yeah. So, uh, another thing was against Andre Blake. It wasn't against, you know, Tyler Miller. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, enough bashing of goalkeepers from last year and this year. Let's get on to our previews for round seven, starting out with our double game week team preview, which is New York City FC. Mike, tell us who you like from New York City FC if you believe that they will actually get an A lineup in both games and how you think RSL and Atlanta will fare against them. Okay, so my belief is that Ring and Via get rotated out for the second game because it's on turf. Um, we'll see if that actually happens. Um, I could see them, excuse me, uh, pushing it because obviously it's Atlanta. This is a big game, not only for this year, for the Shield and for Eastern Conference standings, but also the CCL spot. It's New York City and Atlanta fighting for that um, spot, you know, to take over the spot that. Uh, for the MLS Cup since Toronto won. Um, so this that's a pretty big game, but I don't know how healthy I would be in Alex Ring are. Now, Patrick Vieira is saying that they're good. I'm personally a little bit skeptical. So my kind of approach to this has been I'm kind of focusing on the first game because I think that's a points, really good points opportunity. And then whatever is in the Atlanta game is what I would call lanyard, just something a little bit extra. You may, you know, may, maybe it turns out to be a big, huge game, but I mean, it's Atlanta. I, d- I don't think you're getting great defensive points. You're not going to keep a clean sheet. You know, you may get a goal or two uh, against Atlanta, but it's not like a tremendous opportunity. So that that's kind of my approach. I'm really kind of focusing on the RSL. Obviously, if, if they don't start against RSL, I don't want them. Um, to that, I mean, New York, the options you have for New York City this week are a lot. Um I would kind of stay away from Ring because I think he's probably a rotation risk. That's not true for Anel uh, Herrera. So if you want the kind of cheaper defensive midfielder, I think he's a great option. I think he's 8.5 right now. Um, really good. Um, I kind of it's, it's kind of funny because we were talking about we don't know if we want to have David Villa on our team because of the injury. I don't know if he can pass him up. But like we said in the injury news, uh, RSL is missing two defenders. David Villa is going to be coming back. He's had, had a break. I think he's going to be hungry. Um, I'm having him on my team. I'm also going with Medina and Maxi Morales uh, going forward. Um, they've been very consistent. Uh, Maxi Morales has been the better of the two, but they're still pretty good. And I think with David Villa, I think they'll be even better. So I'm expecting a lot of points uh, out of those three. Um, I think another big question this week is obviously, do you have Sean Johnson? For me, um, I don't see him getting a clean sheet in that second uh, match, I could see him possibly getting shelled, and at eight million, that's a little bit too much for me. Um, so I'm not going with Sean Johnson this week. Um, I would, you know, I'm kind of looking more at the defenders. Um, obviously, New York City's depth is kind of an issue because there could be rotation at anywhere. So, but then, like I said, getting rotated only and only playing the RSL game and not playing the Atlanta game if you're a defender is not the worst thing in the world. So. Um, uh, obviously, I think Callens and Chano are almost certainly going to play both games. 
while Tinner, Holm, and Sweat are the better values, I'd be more concerned with them kind of rotating in with Abdul Salam um, one match or two. Um, so that's kind of the risk you have to take, although I think they have a little bit more upside for their um, price points. So that's kind of the general preview. Obviously, you have a whole lot of options, and I think you do pretty well um, either way. I would go for New York City players this week. Uh, I just think there's too much potential in that RSL game and then add on the bonus of a double game week. Uh, my predictions, I would say 3 nothing, uh against RSL and probably a 2-2 um, draw or a 2-1 loss against uh, Atlanta. Do you think any of the Atlanta players are worth picking up against New York City FC? Absolutely. I mean, a- Atlanta at home, I mean, outside of like towards the end of last year when they're tired, I mean, has been really, really good. I mean, we saw it this past week with Almiron and Martinez. Uh, and especially if Alex Ring gets rotated, that that's a really good opportunity for them. Um, so, I mean, I th- this is the last game of the weekend. So, you know, if I, I think it's a really good uh, opportunity. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you cannot have Martinez and Almiron when they're at home. All right. Well, thank you so much for that double game week preview. Now we're going to move on to our single game week teams, team by team preview, starting with Philadelphia versus Orlando Blaine. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a 2-2 game. I think Philadelphia is going to turn it around at home a little bit. But with the way Orlando has been playing, I do see them scoring goals against this Philly team right now. So it's your 2-2 scoreline. Um, don't really know who from Philadelphia it's going to come from. I mean, CJ's your obvious pick, but I just I don't necessarily like any of the Philadelphia options this week, even though they are at home. Um, Reed, you hit it right earlier. It's Kleshtin Yatoon and Dwyer who are getting the bulk of the work done right now. And any one of them would be a safe pick this week. Um, maybe go Dwyer just with the way the matchup lines out. But this is probably a game I'm staying away from considering we've got the double game week and we've got some other options out there this round. Right. Mike, Vancouver versus LAFC. Well, we talked about earlier about them having issues when other teams realize that they can just counter. The problem for this game is that both of these teams want to sit back and counter. So I'm expecting a very ugly game. I could easily see nil-nil with neither of these teams really wanting possession of the ball. Um, I, I think defenders are probably your better options here. Um, I think Marinovic uh, for Vancouver is a good option. Uh, I kind of looked at some Vancouver defenders uh, this morning at didn't really like their consistency. Like Waston had 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 a bunch of bad games since he had that red card uh, against Atlanta. So his price value um, isn't too good. But if you wanted to take a risk there uh, in an auto route, I I could definitely see it. I wouldn't go um, Vela this week. Um, I think it's just too much um, with Vancouver kind of really sitting back and pressuring that just not working out for LAFC style. So yeah, nil-nil. Probably Vancouver defenders are the only fantasy interest out of this game. Uh, one thing to add that we forgot earlier, Mike, it came up on instant replay today. Marinovic uh, punched somebody in the back of the head, apparently. Just went yeah, up and he got kind of muscled him kinda, off. Yeah, I mean, kinda, it depends. Yeah, depends so on how you a possible suspension that, for that. Yeah, yeah, possibly. We'll have to get our Varvar on that one and, and figure that one out. <laughs> the VVAR. Well, I think Bobby Warshaw said it was fine, so it would be good. Yeah. Warshaw Vision. That's what will that's what will keep Barr in check. Warshaw Vision. Yeah. All right, Blaine, tell us what you think about the New York Red Bulls versus Montreal. Um, really love the way New York's playing right now. They've got a lot of cheaper options out there too, which is huge. Um, it, there are always rotation risks with this New York team right now, especially with CCL still going on. So do pay attention to that lineup. And if you're looking at this game, make sure you get the guys who are playing. Um, Bezicourt's been doing really well. Um, Adams hasn't been seeing a lot of MLS minutes yet. Moyle, Moyle has been doing okay when he's played. He had the one monster game and then he sat out the next one. So it just kind of, it really depends on who's out there. I'm going to butcher the name Rizowski or whatever has been doing really well. So you've got, you've got your options. Um, this Montreal lineup kind of comes down to whether or not Piatti plays. If Piatti's not playing, I'm going to go ahead and say this is a 3-0 win for the Red Bulls and put them on clean sheet notice. Um, Montreal without Piatti has just been terrible. Um, with Piatti, um, I'm going to say it's a 2-1 win for the Red Bulls, possibly a 3-1 win. But I just like, I think 
Piotti being there slows the game down just enough. It allows the whole Montreal defensive unit to work in a with a solid counter option to keep opposing teams honest. So a little bit of a varied pick this week, but um, really any of those cheaper New York options, just make sure you get the guys that are going to start good Otteroo candidates, uh, probably going to throw, be able to throw one or two into your starting lineup as well, but definitely keep those guys in mind for an Otteroo because they're, they've been lights out all season. Okay, Mike, you were talking them up and this whole game up action before we started recording tonight, Colorado versus Toronto. Yeah, I think this could be some real opportunity for value um, for Colorado's end. <clears throat> I mean, Toronto has a game, I think it's tomorrow night or Tuesday night, depending on when you're listening to this, um, at the Azteca, which is a stadium at elevation. Very difficult place to play. They're going to be playing an A lineup. Very difficult. <clears throat> um, both of the games that Toronto have played after CCL action midweek in MLS, uh, they haven't been able to score, losing a 2 nothing at home to Columbus and then one nothing uh, at Montreal. Um, so I don't expect a whole lot from them traveling from the Azteca then back to another stadium in altitude uh, in Colorado. So um, Colorado also played them decently this year. Um, they had the CCL matchup in, in round one, uh, lost 2 nothing at home, and then drew uh in the second leg uh nil nil but I, I think with the way colorado has been playing i think there's some sneaky value uh especially on defense um castillo's one who's been putting up some pretty decent numbers 6.2 um he's not the cheapest option but then if you look at some of the other uh defensive options it's he's not at that bad um i, I could see you going with Baji or mason who have had uh, a lot of really good connections uh so far this year uh, and you kind of get some sneaky auto picks. So um, if you don't want like the New England cheap players, I think Colorado is another place to, to look. Uh, I think this is a one or two nothing win for uh, Colorado, uh, depending on what, what, what happens in CCL. But I think uh, Toronto will basically just be recovering for this game. Okay, Chicago versus the LA Galaxy, Blaine. Oh, fun. Um, don't know what to expect from this one. Chicago's kind of playing with their lineup a little bit. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier. Schweinsteiger as a defender is just weird. I didn't actually get to watch the game this week, so I don't know how well that worked out for him. But if they try that and Zlatan starts, um, I would honestly think you're looking at a 2-1, 3-1 LA win. If they both kind of play it normal, if Zlatan comes off the bench and Chicago and Bastion's back in the middle, I don't know, 2-1, 3-2 win for Chicago. Um, that late sub from Zlatan will give them headaches. It did for Kansas City. It'll do it for probably every team until then. Uh, fresh Zlatan coming in against the tired defense is always going to be scary. And the psychological games that go on there are really good. So this one really does depend on the lineup. Um, Zlatan is, I guess, asking to start, like I mentioned earlier. If he does start, I would give the edge to L.A. on this one. And just with this disorganized as Chicago can be at times, I would be looking at Zatan and probably Kamara in this one. If Alessandrini starts, maybe go there, but he's a rotation risk. Uh, Nico's probably your only safe bet from Chicago at this point. Maybe Schweinsteiger if he's in that defensive midfielder role and not on defense. He's been putting up some decent points from there, but yeah, really only Nico at home. Okay, Mike, this is a game that I'm excited about. DC versus Columbus. Uh yeah, I'm I'm not excited about this game at all. I would totally pass this for fantasy. <clears throat> um, Columbus have not been good on the road uh, outside of the win against Toronto. Uh, I mean, we know how bad DC has been. I, I don't have any expectations for DC to suddenly have new organization because they haven't fired Ben Olsen yet. Um, for Columbus, I mean, yeah, they got a bunch of shots uh, against Chicago, but really they should have done better. Um, I mean, Chicago's defense is kind of a mess. And with Bastion Schweinsteiger running around, um, even as good of a job as he's doing, they're they're not organized. And so I've expected a lot more out of them. Um, I mean, I can certainly see Columbus getting a goal or two, but there are so many better options this week. I I just can't justify picking up Zardes and Higuain. The other thing about them is that they're about to lose um, their second game, which was like one of their best games. If, if you look at most of the Columbus players, they're almost certainly going to get a price drop unless they put up another ridiculous number. So Columbus defenders, Columbus attackers, I mean, you're pretty much signing away to hand over 0.5 uh, for most of them. So I would completely stay away from all these guys. 
Um, it's probably some ugly 1-1-2-2 draw again. Uh, now this is, again, D.C. Uh, playing at the Naval Academy because this is their second home game. Really, D.C. has to win this game. Um, so I can honestly expect – I wouldn't shock me if D.C. Uh, pull out the win. So I would stay away from this game for fantasy. So the only point that I'm going to disagree with, because you make an excellent point with the value, that, that that is for me enough of a reason to want to keep away from some of the players. But I don't think Columbus has been bad on the road. I think they've been unlucky on the road because I view those shots that they're generating as very helpful and have helped some of their fantasy players get their points up a little bit, even when not scoring like, like Zardes. But uh, your value point is very well made for this game. Yeah, uh, two value points to note. Uh, Martinez has been up and down. He could lose a little bit of value. He's not as volatile on losing quite so much because of his price point. And Durkin has been hovering at that 4-0 mark, maybe a little bit higher. If you don't have anything else and you are just putting a scrub, you may put Durkin back in your lineup as a potential no-loss auto rue. He can't go down below 4-0 as far as we can tell. All right, Blaine, New England. By the way, I'm sorry. I just want to mention like something about value. I have asked Ben Bear this, and I'll pass on the clarification. Sure. I am assuming that the round cap is 0.5, but I have asked Ben to make sure it's not per game, just to make sure that New York City players can't lose $1 million or gain $1 million. So um, whenever Ben uh, responds to me on Twitter, I'll try to pass that along. Awesome. Uh, Blaine, New England versus Dallas. Yeah, um, New England shocked me this last weekend, and they are playing really well as a unit and sharing the ball. I guess they've gotten over the hangover of no Lee win, and Fagundes has stepped up, Pania has stepped up, and they've really done this without Kellen Rowe either, which is even more surprising to me. That said, Dallas is kind of a team in flux. Diaz is good for bonus points. Um, DeCorey Hayes is a cheap option who has been getting some decent points, had an assist early. Um, just don't necessarily trust Dallas in this one. If you're looking for a weird differential auto rue, um, Hayes would probably be my pick there just because he's going to be in the way of all those attackers going forward and probably able to pick up some interceptions, but go with your new England guys in this one. These are some huge differentials, some huge auto rue options here. Fagundes is probably your most expensive. And if you go for him, he's probably somebody you're looking at in your lineup, but Sahibo just dropped a 17 as a midfielder and his value is going up. He should rise again. Pania is a forward. If you're looking for that third forward who has also been getting a lot of it, a lot of the points, um, just they're playing really well. It's kind of a pick your guy type of situation. Uh, one week it's been Fagundes, the next week it's Pania, and they're kind of bouncing it back and forth. But it looks like Fagundes, even though he's playing a little bit wider, is pulling a lot of the strings and being one of the most dangerous guys out there for a midfielder. So you've got a lot of options here. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say this is going to go for 3-0 for New England. I really do like the way they're playing right now. Okay, Mike, Portland versus Minnesota. <clears throat> Well, this is Portland's uh, first home game of the year. Uh, I know Portland is probably pretty motivated to get back home after what was a rough road trip uh, and then kind of a rough game uh, against Orlando where they're very unhappy with the refereeing decisions. Um, obviously, I don't think you want anything to do with Portland's defense. Uh, Minnesota's offense is competent, and Portland's defense has not shown itself to be that. So I, I don't expect a clean sheet here. Uh, your value is going up front. Uh, I don't know if Armenteros or Adi would start. I would just stay away from them because there's pretty clearly a competition rotation going on on G Gio Savarisi's mind. Uh, I think your choice is probably between the two midfielders, uh, Valeri and uh, Sebastian Blanco. Uh, Blanco has been the better option this year, but I don't think he's so much better that he justifies the extra point nine. Uh, and we all saw what Valeri did at home last year. Um, even though it's been a new year and there's been some tumult, I, I think Valeri at home is still a really good option. And, I mean, Minnesota's been much better this year, but you're going to have the energy of a crowd, a home opener. Uh, I do like Valeri in this game. I think Portland wins it 2-1, uh, um, and I think you, there's some good value in those two midfielders from Portland. All right. Blaine, take us home with these next two. San Jose versus Houston. Yeah, this is an interesting matchup here. Um, I like the way San Jose's been playing, and Houston's in a slump. Uh, San Jose is just kind of that gritty, dirty team, and I think they can slow down the Houston attack. 
Um, really going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to watching this one this week just because I like what I'm seeing here, and I think this is going to be one of your highlight games of the week just for competitive and all-around all fun to watch. Um, for fantasy, um, San Jose has got Vaco, and that's about it this year. Nobody else has really stepped up and shown that they're willing to score the points. So if you're going to look at a San Jose player at home this week, that's who you're going with. For Houston on the road, they've been struggling. The only guy I would even consider is uh, Maro Minotas. And that's just because I think if he gets going, he can drop two or three on the San Jose team. I don't think San Jose is going to keep the clean sheet. And I think that's where the goals are going to come from. But I don't think you can pick Minotas on the road over some of the other options this week. But he is definitely a fun one I'm I'm looking to watch. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a... 2-2 2-2 game. And finally, Blaine, Sporting Kansas City, your Sporting Kansas City versus Seattle. Um, pick your poison in Sporting. Um, you could go three deep in the back or four deep in the back. Seattle has yet to score a goal this year. If Dempsey doesn't play, um, I would be seriously tempted to grab Melio, Para, Beasler, and Zussi for this one. I know that's a huge risk, but the way Seattle has been playing, I just don't trust him. And Sporting's really putting it together. Um, if Gutierrez is back, that makes them that adds that extra dynamic for them. He's your go-to guy if you're looking at offense for Kansas City. Although Johnny Russell is really starting to put it all together. Um, Shallowy's a cheaper option that has been getting work done. Got his first goal of the season last night. So looking there. Um, Seattle, um, I don't like any of their options this week, given the other matches we've got to look at, but Ladero dropped an 11 in his last game without a goal or an assist. I mean, that was nine bonus point production right there, which is huge. Um, If they decide to sit back or play the way they did that game, which they could easily do against Sporting, you're looking at another potential monster bonus point game from him. So, potential differential option, but I don't like him at the price. And then the big question mark on this one is whether or not Dempsey's going to be back. But with the way this game, the way the teams are playing right now, I'm going to go ahead and say 3-0 Kansas City. And of course, now you know the way the commentators' curse goes. Since you've talked about Seattle not scoring, it's going to be 0-3. Yeah, don't tell me that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, guys, well, let's talk about the chalkboard. Who do you like for keepers? Blaine. Um, I've got Sean Johnson in there to see that first game. I know Mike said the second game's kind of a wash. Um, your keeper, you get that early one. Even if he puts up a five or a six, you're going to get that two points for minutes played. And with the way Atlanta likes to shoot, he's going to pick up some bonus points on that second game. So I think it'll come out as a wash at the worst on the second game. So look at that first game and Sean Johnson on the double game week. Mike. Uh, I have Marinovich. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy, clean sheet. Uh, and like I said, it's it's really just the price that's keeping me from Son Johnson. Um, if maybe if I rearrange and can get a few extra dollars, I'll, I'll go with Sean. But that's kind of where I am right now. Uh, Who do you have in your lineup that's got you without that much money at 118 budget? Oh, let me, just wait and but see, wait son. there's more. Oh, there's so much more. Uh, I, I'm in the middle of you two guys. I like Johnson as a pick, just like Blaine was saying, but I could see how that $8 million price may shy some people away. Uh, I'm actually looking at Turner as uh, another option again, either as part of your keeperoo or a potential clean sheet chance with the struggles that Dallas have had. So those would be the two that I kind of like, uh, Mike defenders. Uh, right now, I have Turner Home as my New York City defensive coverage. Um, I also have Graham Zusi. Uh, I think the clean sheet potential is pretty good, and Graham Zusi is such a good bonus point. Cons- excuse me, bonus point generator that uh, I think he's a great uh, option, even though he is expensive at eight million. So that if, if I am rearranging for Sean Johnson, it's probably coming out of Graham Zusi. Uh, then I have um, two players in defenders in the uh, Auto Roo, and that's Castillo from Colorado and Anibaba from New England. Um, I talked about him. I've got Opara, Beasler, and Zussi in there right now. I am looking at a couple of other options. Brecce is definitely a bench option for me this week. Um, like a couple of the guys from New England, I do think they've got a decent clean sheet chance, but I went with a little bit higher budget guys just to play with my roster and see what goes on and maybe see some lineups and switch out of these guys. 
All right, then I myself also uh, like uh, Tinnerholm, Zussi, and Castillo. And I think you are right, Blaine, as I mentioned before, Breck Shea is an awesome option if you're looking for uh, a cheap defender that could surprise you with a goal. Okay, midfielders, Blaine. Um, I've got uh, Morales, Valeri, and Fagundes right now in my roster. And then I've got Bezacourt and Davies on the bench. Davies more just because of his price and I like what he's been doing. He's probably going to get dropped before the game week starts. But I've got two midfielders and a forward in, a, in the auto route right now. So only three in my lineup, but I'm going to get up to four once they've hit. All right, Mike, let us know your expensive midfield. All right, well, it starts off with uh, Maxi Morales and uh, Medina. I also have Miguel Almiron and uh, Diego Valeri. And then uh, has the third part of the auto route. I have Johnny Russell from Sporty Kansas City. All right. Uh, for me, I also went with two New York players, uh, but not the same ones. I went with uh, Medina and Herrera because I like defensive midfielders during double game weeks and, and that consistent point that they can get. Uh, but I also rounded out with Almiron and Valeri. And currently I've got Gutierrez. On the bench as an Otteru option, but that one is still up in the air. Forwards, Blaine. Uh, right now, I've got Via and Kai Kamara, and I've got uh, Pania on the bench as that last part of the Otteru. Mike. I have David Via and Joseph Martinez. I am in the same boat as Mike. I have Martinez and Via, but I actually have Via on my bench right now as part of an Otteru, which is kind of crazy to imagine having a budget that lets you put 11.3 on the bench and be like we'll see how he does <laughs> captains mike maxi morales Blaine. same i actually have uh medea medina uh not medea wow i have uh, <laughs> medina right there uh quick comment on this mike um morales in the past it's been hot and cold for going that full 180. Are you worried about that and not looking at the younger Medina as, as a 180 option, or what's your thoughts on that? I think they're both 180 options. That's why I have them. Uh, I think your 180 options for New York are Sean Johnson, the two center backs, uh, Chano and Callens, um, Herrera, um, and then Medina and Morales. Those are the ones I think, I think are locked on. Um, you may see rotation with uh, Ishmael Tajori, who's, who's a forward I do like at $7 million, um, and Rodney Wallace uh, as kind of that last spot. Um, and then, you know, Davide, obviously we don't know how healthy he is, but like I said, it's an important game, so he may go 180 just because it's an important game against Atlanta, but then you have the turf. So he's the only – he's a question mark for me. Otherwise, obviously, he'd be 180. Um, but I'm not as worried about um, Medina – I mean, uh, of the two, I think Medina is more likely to get subbed than Maxi Morales just because we've seen him get subbed off more this year as he's kind of gotten into the system. And sometimes Patrick Vieira, if he wants to make a defensive sub, takes it takes Medina off. So, All right. Uh, fair point. I may have to reconsider my captain pick later on this week uh, before Wednesday. Finally, clean sheet chance, Blaine. Um, said sporting has got one definitely new england's on my list of one to watch out and if piatti is not in the lineup red bulls are almost a lock for that clean sheet mike uh, i think vancouver um yeah i, I generally agree with blaine's I, I'm, I'm gonna throw in vancouver and i think colorado is kind of the sneaky pick if a uh, tfc rotates uh, i've got some of those similar ones I, I not always hunting for clean sheets at times but i i do like uh, new york city fc sees chance for at least one clean sheet against uh, RSL. I like C uh, Sporting Kansas City, though if Seattle does score, I'm still okay with Zussi just because of that, but flip a coin there. Uh, and then you've convinced me about uh, Colorado, Mike, and I, th and I think uh, they do have a shot at a clean sheet, which I did not think at the beginning of this recording. Yeah, I mean, it's just kind of one of those fun picks. I mean, uh, th there are some interesting uh, games on the schedule, a lot of different ways you can go with your team, so I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Yeah, I think that's that's the great part about this round, and I think this is one of the best rounds to demonstrate some of the strategy that you can look at the games when you're building your team, even though it is uh, every position is open, uh, unlimited transfers each week. There's lots of different ways you can look at this round in particular to see how you value double game weeks or how you value the matchups and the CCL juggling that's going on. So have fun with it. Uh, go with your gut and just see what happens. 
Thank you so much, guys, for all those picks and recommendations. They will be on the chalkboard uh, on Wednesday when that comes out, so keep a lookout for the MLS Fantasy Insider Twitter handle for that. Uh, league updates. I got called out last week for uh, skipping this. Uh, it was because of time constraints, but I'm able to work it in this time. In round five, Catnip Junkies beat me. 60 to 54. He's the one who called me out. So congrats, man. Uh, you did get a solid six point win there against me. Well played. Uh, but I came back in round six and I beat Ivan from fantasy football first 105 to 104. It all came down to that LA game uh, after he got some good points from Dwyer and Kleshin right there. But uh, Kamara's shots, as we were talking about earlier, Help boost me up to that 105 mark to win. So great game there. Other updates from our league. Uh, Tim beat Weeby. Congrats, Tim. Congrats. Uh, Blaine, you lost to Chicken Hopper or Hicken Hopper FC, <laughs> whatever they are. we got so many, some both names like that. Chicken Bucket is who I was thinking of there. But uh, uh, that's our friend Hicks, I believe, from our, yeah. our show league chat, Hicken Hopper FC. And but that was still pretty close, though, of a game. And then, uh, Mike, you beat Phil 98 to 95. So this this is a vicious head-to-head league. I got this say. is a vicious. And I mean, do you want to know how good Phil's team was? He got that without captaining Almiron. He captained Martinez. So he, <laughs> I mean, like if he captains Almiron, I got smoked. So that, that's, how, that's how tight this league is. Yeah, this is this but is rough. It, it's right now the one and two people undefeated are me and Tim Shaw. So it's a Hudson River Derby at the top of the league right now. <laughs> <laughs> will, will the MLS Fantasy Hosts Invitational be red or blue? Find out next week. <laughs> well, yeah, right now it is red because he, he smoked somebody and all my matches have been like really close. I think like my point differential is like 25. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but this is like a hundred. So I have to, I have to beat him on points. I can't go difference. Ain't helping me. It is tough. Uh, top of the Patreon league. We have Alex Rosheim with his team change name uh, with uh, 529 points for the season. He got 105 points as well this week. So well played there. Uh, Matt Littman is right behind him, 524. And then our Garth Butchers from HG, his team has 519. So lots of tough scores. Easily could change guys. Uh, Alex Bruni, Chicken Bucket FC, who I was th- talking about earlier, 518. So keep it going, guys, with this head-to-head or this uh, classic league with our Patreon seasonal. Uh, been a lot of fun, and, and you guys are going to win some prizes at the end of all that. That is all that we have for the show tonight. Thank you so much for listening. And now some plugs, Blaine. Well, I got to plug you two guys a little bit. I was not in on the Atlanta hype train last week, and I ended up uh, bringing in Almiron as my captain listening to you guys. So thank you for that. And I may end up doing that again this week is bring in Almiron and Martinez after you've talked them up so much. And then got to give a shout out to Weeby this week. Um, He coined a new phrase for us, the Nubaru. If you don't know how to use a transferu and autoru, you are a Nubaru, courtesy of Andrew Weeby. But he was on Twitter chatting with us a little bit about what these advanced tactics are on uh, trying to figure them out. So he's definitely invested this year. He is trying to learn the new stuff. And that plugs into my new article where I've been giving you some of the, what I think are going to be some of the better Otteru transfer options for the week. Uh, last week's Zahiba was in my lineup, so anybody who listened to me on that one, congrats. Um, I didn't take my own advice, and he was not in my, on one of my Otterus, <laughs> but I do try. So thanks to Weeby for getting the Nubaru. So don't be a Nubaru. Go read my articles. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we'll have to uh, get some definitions posted at Fantasy Boss sometimes that, that point to that. And I love that Nubaru. Mike. Yeah, we, we need to get an article like we, where Weeby sends his picks like in the beginning of the week, and then we have an article like, okay, here's where all the mistakes Weeby made so you can avoid the new <laughs> what, what not to do with your fantasy team by Andrew Weeby. <laughs> oh, being, I'm being too mean. It's, I, mean I, I just feel bad for him because in a head-to-head league, he has more W's in his name than in the league. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that should be his team name. Oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. Well, it's funny because I noticed because he's like passing out W is like Trey. More you know, W's like... in my name than I'll be <laughs> That's the team. That's the team. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, oh, all right. Uh, actual plug uh, at MLS Lineup News. Um, uh, we had a really good um, 
first uh, week with the, you know, the committee kind of doing it, taking over. I think it went pretty smooth. Um, obviously, you're interested in helping. Uh, I'd appreciate it because I'll, I'll be out of town for some of the weekend. So if people can pick it up, that'll be great. So uh, send me your email address if you're interested. And like I said before, if you're on the go, um, set notifications. We only tweet lineups, so it's not going to spam your phone like any other team news will. So uh, you'll get the, in the information, and it will provide um, – like pretty much fantasy highlights. Obviously, I don't know the minutia every single lineup change, but I'm talking about the big guys. So uh, if you're interested in that, uh, add MLS lineup news, and that should help you out. And, of course, you can check out the articles I have over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. The charts and ELO will be coming out soon tonight or early Tuesday morning, along with everything else that we have. I have my article over at MLSSoccer.com for the weekly player recommendations. Uh, combine those with what you listen here to kind of get my full thoughts on, on why I'm picking people and other options that may occur to me later on. Uh, and then, of course, check out what uh, Skylar Redpath has with his ranks and a, uh, a Twitter FAQ and FAQ Q&A that's coming up this week on Wednesday to help you uh, get those questions answered before the lineups lock. Lots of great things heading out. Check it all out over at MLSsoccer.com uh, and r slash fantasy MLS. And of course, listen to this podcast. Thank you so much for everyone who supports us and listens. And with that, good luck. <laughs>